Hello, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield, and this is Finding the Guardian of Your Soul. So today, I am going to talk about dating with different incomes, and I think that this is an extremely interesting topic. It came to us from one of our listeners. She's met a man who she thinks is really lovely. He's kind and he's a good person, but he has a different income bracket than she does. Clearly, she's the one with the higher income. And she wanted to know my thoughts on whether or not she should take him on a vacation, invite him on a vacation with her and not ask him to pay for anything, but just pay for everything and take him along as her guest. So first of all, it really depends on you and the dynamic you are wanting to create with a partner. I can't say to any woman, look, you know, if you're the higher breadwinner and that's really what you want to do, don't do it. But I do think that it's very, very different for men to be take for a man to be taken care of by a woman than for a woman to be taken care of by a man. It just is. Women are mothers. We take care of households, and these are very older traditional roles. But it still stands to be true that there are many, many women who are okay with a man treating them to dinner, paying for things, buying them gifts and all. And men, as a rule, are not necessarily as comfortable with this because when a woman pays for things, he feels like she's the one who's in control. He's giving up control. The person who has the financial standing in the relationship has more control over the money, the decisions that on, on how to spend that money. And one of the big issues for men is that they value their independence and freedom. He loses a lot of his own independence. His masculinity can feel threatened. I have an aunt, a very close uh, aunt, who inherited a lot of money for uh, from her father, millions and millions of dollars, and she went online. She met a man who she thought was a really great guy. They even got married. She, you know, for a long time, things went well, and she uh, took care of almost everything. He lived in her big, beautiful home, and, you know, he, he had a good life. They traveled all over the world together. They bought an RV and they traveled the US and all. And he had this whole world opened up to him and she paid for everything. But what happened, <laughs> what happened is he wound up cheating on her and leaving her for another woman. And I think what my husband, who just came in a minute ago, I think what Benjamin would say is that no real man wants to live someone else's life. He doesn't want to live a woman's life. And part of the problem, to be honest with you, isn't just about money and finances. It's also that a lot of women, you know, brag about these big, rich, full lives that they have. 
And any man listening to a woman like that talk is going to think to himself, wow, I'm going to be living her life. She's going to be wanting to drag me here and there and everywhere. And I'm going to have to go along for the ride. And she's going to be piloting this whole ship. And they're going to run. They're, they're going to run from that. Men who are masculine and independent and, you know, real men, the kind of man that most women would refer to as a real man, they don't want to live someone else's life. They want to be, they want to be a part of your life for sure. And they want to hopefully include you in their life, but they don't want to be living your life. They don't want you paying for everything. Now, are there men who are going to go for that? You bet. You betcha. But these are not going to be that those like, quote, real men that so many women are saying, like, where are all the real men? Right. So it's up to you if you set that precedent and, you know, you are willing to pay for everything or pay for a lot of things then that's going to be the dynamic that you have with your guy. And if you want to go and do certain things and you want to live life at a certain level that he is not capable of living his life at that same level, maybe he's even making good money, but he's got an ex-wife and an alimony and children and all that he has to take care of. And he just doesn't have that kind of disposable income that you have, and you're having to pay for everything. One or both of you are going to start to resent that situation. I did this with several of my former partners. So I can speak from my own personal experience. You know, what may have started out fine got worse. So with my ex husband, he never, ever, ever earned the kind of money that I was hoping he would earn. We were both going to photography school when we first met, and I had inherited money from my mother and my grandmother who had passed away. And so I had a certain lifestyle and a certain level of income already that may have been unusual for someone my age, but it just was what it was. And my ex-husband didn't have that kind of money. And he never, ever, ever really got his financial uh, self off the ground. It never happened. We were together for 13 years and he was always struggling and making excuses, but he never brought in a good income. And I wound up paying for a lot of things if I wanted to have a vacation or I wanted to live a certain way or go to certain restaurants and things. I wound up footing the lion's share of the bill for that. And eventually one day we got into an argument because I got tired of him telling me over and over again that he was going to get it together financially and he never did. And I finally you know, we got in a, an argument and he said, I don't even owe you that much money. You make such a big deal out of it. And I went into the bedroom and I started tallying up how much money he had said he would pay me back 
before and never had. And I got my first and only migraine <laughs> of my entire life. Uh, seriously, the numbers I started seeing, those circles, and I got nauseous, and my head was, I thought it was going to split in two. And that's when I knew that this 13-year relationship needed to end because we were not good partners, and he was not showing up financially in the relationship. And I lost my passion. My, my, you know, it wasn't sexy anymore. There was no sexual connection. There was no respect. I lost all of those things for him because he never really, you know, was able to put that part of his life together even though there were things I adored about him. Don't get me wrong. There were a lot of things. He was funny. He was brilliant. He was wildly talented and creative, but he just never got it together. So Tammy said, this is a huge issue for me. Um, men seem to feel bad that I make way more money. Tammy, it is uh, intimidating for a lot of men. Now there's a difference. Like today, I make more money than my husband does. But when we met, he certainly made way more money than I did. But Benjamin supported me in building this career. And the money that I make now is really our joint money. We've been together for 20 years and we have a bank account. Everything we own is in both of our names. I don't have anything that's just mine. And he doesn't have anything that's just his. We have a joint corporation and everything we earn goes into that pool. So we share everything. But um, when I met him, he certainly made way more money than me, but it was through his love and support and all that I started doing my coaching business and turned it into a multi-million dollar business. <laughs> so... Um, but that was only because of him and his love that I was able to do that. So um, it is a, a hard thing. One of the other comments that you made is that, uh, you know, men who make more money than you are looking for younger women. You know, I don't think that that's necessarily true. We have only smart, successful women who are high earners in my program and you know a, a huge number of the women in my course meet wonderful men who are their age or even a little bit younger i interviewed a beautiful woman who's an executive coach and she travels all over the world coaching and teaching and i interviewed her and her now husband and he's 10 years younger than her and they are adorable. And, you know, he's a huge fan. He's right there by her side. They're co-creating this business and this life together now. And it isn't true that, you know, all men who are successful are looking for younger women. One of the problems, Tammy, is that what we find is that a lot of women who are very successful and who are high earners are also very masculine. And it's not their money that's really getting in the way. 
it's their masculine nature that is preventing men from connecting with them. And so a lot of men feel just like I found men who were a little older than me much more attractive to me because the age difference and all in the life experience for me, because I'm a pretty mature woman to start with, I found men my age to be very immature. And I liked being with men who were a little bit older. Um, there are men who really want to be with women their own age, but those women don't feel feminine to them. And I know a lot of women think, well, if the man was more masculine, it would bring out my femininity. But that isn't true. A lot of us, because we're working in you know high-powered jobs and we're so up in our heads and we lose that feminine nature. And it's really, really sad, you know, that because this is really the best part of who we are as women. We feel more aligned and we feel more comfortable in our own skin when we are coming from that more feminine part of ourselves. It's just who we are. And so, sure, we can do all the same things that men do. And I did that for years. But I have to say that being in a relationship with a man who is really my hero and who takes care of me and does all these beautiful, loving, thoughtful things for me, uh, and who picks up the slack. And, you know, the other day we went last on Sunday, we went and we took our dogs for uh, um, rattlesnake training. And I was so freaked out by the rattlesnake. And we have two dogs and you were supposed to walk up with the dog and then they would show it the snake and then they'd, they had a shock collar on the dog to scare it so it wouldn't go near the snake. And I just, I felt so queasy and I looked at Benjamin and I said, would you take the other dog? Because I just, it just broke my heart to have to go through that with the dog, even though I knew it was good for them. And so Benjamin did it for me. He files our taxes. He takes care of so many things that I just don't like doing and he does it out of love for me because he's always just looking for ways to make me happy. And there's a lot of things that stress me out and that I just don't want to deal with. He takes care of all the money. He pays the bills and manages our investments and all. And I love that he does all of that for me, you know, because it allows me to focus on the things that I love doing. And it's just so sweet to have that. But it's, you know, if I were paying for everything, if I was being the man in this relationship, we would have a whole different kind of relationship. Um, Tammy said, I just met a man I really like. He makes more than me. I'm very sure. And it's been hard for me letting him pay for me. So Tammy, this is exactly what I was just saying, but I have let him pay so far. Do I ever pay? He's an educated executive, and I really think this is my perfect guy. He even cooks for me. This is new for me. I usually pay, and I needed this live today. So Tammy, um, 
You know, I think what most women don't realize and something it took me years to figure out is that these men are so hungry for women who are women, who are feminine, not takers. So you don't need to pay for things. You need to be appreciative and you need to do the things for him as a woman that he can't get anywhere else, that he can't get for his, from his male friends or from his colleagues. So that would be things like mirroring his masculinity back to him, making him feel like a god, right? Telling him he's your hero, listening to him with heart and compassion and supporting his goals and dreams, not questioning them, but getting excited about the things he gets excited about, being a great companion, being able to manage your drama and, you know, not having too many emotional outbursts, you know, taking that stuff to your girlfriends or your therapist, but not putting that on him. Men want women who are easy to be around, who are fun, who are playful, who laugh a lot. They love women with great senses of humor, you know. So if you can start to cultivate the qualities in you that are feminine, that are really attractive to a man, he doesn't need your money. And he doesn't need you to pay for things. He needs you to be a great playmate, to be fun, to be up for adventure, and also to be willing to sit on the sofa and do nothing if that's what he feels like doing. But not always to have to be entertained and going and doing and, you know, to say, hey, babe, let's, you know, what do you think about just spending a day at home together? doing something simple, or to understand a man's need for space. Men need space. They just need space. They need, you know, to be able to process the day without having a woman constantly talking. And, you know, they love women who can just be in the same room with them and not have to be doing something. Maybe you're curled up on the sofa next to him while he's watching a game, or you have your head in his lap, or, you know, you're working on your computer while he's doing something, but you don't have to be constant talking and connecting and asking questions. So men love women who understand men, who get who they are and who can appreciate their differences and make room for them without suffocating them mentally and emotionally. So that's what you need to do. And if you can do those things, you're going to have a heck of a relationship. So somebody else wrote, being feminine means being vulnerable. And that is hard for us after running our own ship for so long. Yes, 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 and yes. It is so hard for us. It's not even just hard for us to be vulnerable. We don't know how to do it. We've literally lost the ability to do it. Some of us have been being men 
them that we don't even know how to be women anymore. And even if we want to be vulnerable, we don't even know what genuine vulnerability looks like. So I have a client. She is the cutest thing in the world. She's in my mastermind program. And she just had one of the biggest breakthroughs in this area of her life. And she was literally jumping up and down on our group call last night. So she's a lawyer, beautiful, young, In I think she's in her very early 30s. And she wants to meet a wonderful man and get married and have children. So she's working with Benjamin and me in our year-long mastermind course. And she met a guy. They went on a date, and I think they went on the second date. The first date was really great. They went for a hike. It was a lot of fun, and, you know, she felt like she was, like, being in her feminine, or so she thought. And on the second date, he asked her to, you know, play tennis and come to his house. And he thought, he said, we can either have croissants and play tennis in the morning, or we can play tennis in the afternoon and I'll cook you dinner. Well, she automatically jumped to the conclusion that he wanted her to come over to his house because he wanted to have sex. And she didn't like that. And so rather than say, you know, I'm not comfortable coming over to your house so soon, I really want to take the time to get to know you first before I do that. She got very gamey with him and she started being sort of combative and well why should I come to your house you know for croissants why don't we just go play tennis and you can bring the croissants and whatever but she didn't really just come out and say what she was feeling and he picked up on this kind of gamey energy this combative posture that she had taken and he started playing along with her and on that date he said to her you know I bet your friends, you treat your friends, your friends like they're your colleagues, you know, and it's really hard to get you to open up. And she thought she was being so feminine. So this really took her by surprise. And she asked him, you know, I'm curious why you would say that. But after I spoke to her on a call, on a one-on-one call, What I said to her was, were you really vulnerable? And did you say, hey, you know, I really am trying to open up and I'm curious what you're seeing in me that makes you think that I'm not open. And she said, well, I did say that. And I said, well, can you tell, how did you say it? Did you say it the way I just said it? Or did you say it defensively? Like, well, I'm trying to open up, you know, I'm curious, like, what are you seeing? Tone is everything. It's not just the words you're saying. It's the tone of voice that you're using when you say it. And so she said, oh, I think I probably said it the second way, (laughs) which I know she did. And so I said, well, look, for the sake of being in the mastermind and learning how to get emotionally naked, which is the foundation of my program, I said, why don't you just call him up and say, hey, you know, I really wanted to uh, share something with you. I don't like the way I was behaving with you the other day. 
And what I really wanted to tell you was that I didn't feel comfortable coming over to your house so soon because we don't even, you know, we've only been on two dates. We barely know each other. And I don't want to jump into something. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And so she did. She actually knew that he liked to go for a walk in the afternoon. And she was still in his town. She was still in the part of the city where he lives. And so she called him and she said, hey, would you like some company on your walk? And he said, sure. And so she went on the walk and she shared with him. And she said, you know, I want to tell you that I really didn't like how I was acting on that date. I should have just come out and said that I didn't feel comfortable coming over to your house so soon. And, you know, I just don't want things to get out of hand too quickly. I want to get to know you first. And he actually hugged her <laughs> and he said, thank you for saying that. And he told her later, I don't want to rush into anything either. That's not who I am. I don't like to jump into things. I want to get to know somebody first. And I was just inviting you over to my house because I thought it would be a nice way to spend time together. And so this cracked her open. It cracked her open. And she said, Lisa, I get it now. I get it. This is what you've been talking about. This right here, this is what I've been looking for. And she said, I want more of this. It felt so good. I felt wonderful. And this is what I've been trying to feel this whole time. So, yes, we have lost this. We've lost this ability to be in our hearts, not our heads to let go of our agendas, to just speak to a man and say, look, it's too soon for me to come to your house. And it's not even that I don't trust you. I don't trust me. If I have a glass of wine and we're, you know, and I'm feeling intimate and romantic, I don't know where things will go. And I don't even want to risk putting myself in that situation. So, Julie said, tone is so important. I have a tendency to have a loud, strong voice, and I need to improve that. Julie, I used to have a tone of voice with men that was not attractive. And that switch in my tone of voice wasn't something I changed consciously. It really was an internal shift. So our tone of voice reflects what's going on inside of us. If we're being suspicious, our tone of voice will come out as being suspicious. If we're angry, our tone of voice will convey anger. And I was scared. I didn't trust men. I didn't trust myself. I didn't, I hadn't found my voice yet with men. And the way I really shifted my tone of voice is that I really wanted to become a much more loving and compassionate person. And especially I wanted to develop love and compassion towards men. And so what you're hearing is not some kind of conscious 
you know, shift, although I did slow down, I did start to think more about my word choice, what I was saying, how I was saying it. But really, at the deepest level, my tone of voice shifted because I made this very deep internal shift to being kinder and more compassionate and not needing to be right with men, not having, not being defensive and not having to make a point or talk down to men. And so from that place of love and compassion and, you know, a great exercise, something that you can all do right now is if you put your hand on your head and you say, I love you. You can feel that your energy is very much in your head and it brings your tone of voice to a different place because we talk differently when our energy is all up here and we talk very differently when our energy is focused here, when it's centered in our heart. So if you say, I love you, you can hear my tone of voice. If you say, I love you, you can hear the difference when it's coming from your heart. So it's something I encourage you all to try and to start to build that awareness of bringing your energy from your head into your heart and to notice when you're up here and when you're here. So just to conclude, you know, the subject of this talk, it's up to you, the relationship you want to have with your guy. You get to decide if you're okay being the man in the relationship, if you're really the alpha and you're okay with a beta guy and you're not looking for a strong, manly man, and that's not what you want. I had a friend once who looked at me and she said, I want, I want to be the dominant one in my relationship. It's who I am. And she was. And that worked for her. And there are plenty of beta guys out there who would be okay with a woman like her. But a lot of women are settling for these beta guys when what they really want are alpha men, but they don't know how to surrender and let go. So if you really want a guy who is an alpha, you cannot have two alphas in a romantic relationship. It's going to be combative. It's just like the client I talked about a few minutes ago. She wasn't willing to be more relaxed and more surrendered in the relationship and, and really more feminine. And she was going head to head with these guys. She was going alpha to alpha. And guys are going to fight back when you do that. They're going to become combative. They're going to become argumentative. And they're not going to be romantically attracted to you. They're not going to see you as a wife, as a mother, as a partner as a romantic interest. So if you're paying for things, if you're assuming the masculine role in your relationship, 
And I am not saying that it's going to be that, you know, that, that as the relationship progresses and you, you know, live together and, you know, down the line, but in the courting phase, in the early phase of that relationship, guys are going to leave eventually if they are alpha men and you are, you are paying for the lion's share of things because they're not going to ultimately, in the long run, give up their control. They're not going to let you be the man in the relationship, the dominant one, and then take the role of the passive one, even if you think, oh, but I earn more money and I'm fine doing it. No, he needs to pay his way as a man, as a grown adult man. He needs to show up and be a partner to you and contribute so that he can feel masculine and not emasculated if you want to be with a, an alpha guy okay and it's going to it may be fine in the short term but in the long term it is going to play a number on his confidence it will affect your sex life he's not going to feel empowered and masculine He's going to feel like a boy, like you're his mom and he's being taken care of. And he will probably find a woman where he can be the dominant one, where he can feel like the man. And even though you're like, but I gave so much and I was so good to him and all, he will probably leave for another woman who he can feel more like the man with. So something to think about, I caution you against setting these precedents up in your relationship because you probably will be disappointed in the long run. All right, everybody, this has been Finding the Guardian of Your Soul. And just remember, there's no right or wrong. There's what feels right for you and the guardian of your soul. So what works for you may be different than what works for anybody else out there. And when I'm speaking to all of you, I'm just sharing 20 years of wisdom and expertise in this part of life, my own experience and the experience of the hundreds of women who have done my 12-week Emotionally Naked Dating course. And my two upper tier SSW and mastermind courses. So if any of that sounds like it's of interest to you, please go to lisashield.com, click the button uh, all over the website to watch my free presentation. If you like what you hear, wait till the end. That's where you can sign up with uh, for a call with a member of my team and they will help you understand how this course can help you find the guardian of your soul in 12 weeks. And please tell everyone about this broadcast. Uh, we do two broadcasts. We do this one, and then my husband and I do another broadcast that is part of this one. But we call that episode Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. I really probe Benjamin's beautiful brain about how men feel about all of this. It's always great to get that male perspective. And uh, I see a lot of my current clients are actually listening right now. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. They seem to all, not just do the course, but they 
tune in to all the broadcasts. They love the work so much that they just want to soak it up and get as much wisdom as they can. So thank you for listening, everybody who's currently in the course. Just a shout out to all of you. And the last thing I wanted to say is please rate and like this podcast. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are viewing us right now. Tell your friends, your girlfriends, your guy friends, your boyfriends, your husbands, your mother, your father, sisters, brothers, everyone you know about emotionally naked dating. We are saying what we're saying in a very different way than anyone else out there. You will get a lot of myths and a lot of conflicting advice. And this, our, our approach is pure authenticity, compassion, and heart. So please let everyone you know, know about this podcast. Thank you so much. Please send your suggestions for future topics to podcast at lisashield.com. This particular topic was brought to us by a listener. So we take your requests seriously. So please let us know if there's something that you would like me or Benjamin and me to talk about. Lots of love to all of you. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.